In this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, we talk a little bit about Mr. Gaston Glock. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple days ago, and he will be missed, but his legacy will forever live long. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about next year, and we talk a little bit about the the future of the show. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. Thanks. All right, welcome back to the Range Minded Podcast. You know, I apologize. I took a couple weeks off. It's the holidays, man. It's Christmas. New Year's is coming up. Uh, the day I'm recording this is the 28th of December. Uh, I know it's been about two weeks since I pushed an episode out. I apologize, but not really. I'm telling you, I took some time off to uh, to refocus a little bit and be with uh, be with my family a little bit more. Between my day job and my hobby of, of you know, hanging out with guns, <clears throat> it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time away from things that really, really matter more than the others. So I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas. I hope Santa was very generous to you. Um, and well, and maybe let's put it this way to you. Some of you may have not had such a great Christmas. Maybe some of you struggled with uh, making ends meet. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I understand more than you may think I do. Um, th- this Christmas, well, I'm not getting into it. It was a good Christmas. Lots of blessings. And uh, I extremely, I'm extremely grateful uh, for how this season turned out for us. Uh, truly, truly special. And if, uh, if that person is listening to the podcast, uh, you know who you are. If you are listening, thank you. Uh, is greatly appreciated. But that's not what this show is about. No, no, it is not. Uh, though we are grateful for the opportunity that we have to live in a free country and uh, enjoy holidays where the bad guys have to stay awake in their own country, uh, we thank those uh, vets, well, I guess not vets, those serving in our armed services, uh, those uh, serving as uh, officers to keep the peace. Uh, to keep us safe in our homes. We absolutely appreciate you, and we love you guys. What a crazy end to 2023. Uh, there's a lot that's happened. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, Supreme Court rulings and district and and uh, um, other court rulings over the year. I know some of those you guys probably got super bored of because it seemed like that's all I ever talked about was uh, somewhat negative news, like nonstop uh, and I apologize for that, but some of that stuff just had to be shared. You know, I, I just can't not share it. I think it's important that, um, as I learn things that I pass them on to you guys, cause I don't know if you guys follow the same stuff I do. I don't know. Hey, I'm going to, I got to open a drink cause you know, it's tradition here. Yes. Nothing like a good old ginger beer. There we go. And I'm going to take a sip because. It's my show. So, jeez, as, as I was, did you guys hear that? Man, I mean, I bumped my mic. I get these nasty noises. Holy smokes, I got to fix that. As I was doing some show prep tonight, I was going to, in fact, I don't even remember what the first thing I was going to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, I do remember now. And, you know, what, let's talk about that because cause, uh, I think it's kind of interesting. I was watching... I think it was probably Travis Haley's latest video that he'd posted about uh, camouflaging your your firearm, about 
and and he uses just regular old spray paint and he finds the colors that kind of match the terrain he's down in Arizona so he had some more uh desert camo colors and just rattle cans his rifle and I actually have one of my ARs that I've just rattle canned and honestly it, it turned out pretty good and I, I did it quite a while ago and I actually am surprised how long the paint has lasted. Now, I haven't gone into battle with that rifle. I haven't thrown it down a, a mountainside. I haven't dunked it in water, but I have shot it and I have cleaned it. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised how well that Krylon paint um, has held up to the, to the abuse. The nice thing about spray painting your rifle with a, with a rattle can is you can always change it. You can always add to it. Um, you're not going to have to take it to a gunsmith or your buddy that may do coating, or you might have to do it yourself, whatever. Spray paint's cheap, it's fast, it dries quick, it's easy to touch up. And if you don't like it, you just wipe it down with a, you know, clean it off with acetone or whatever and you're back to the black, you know. It's kind of an interesting concept. So as I was watching that video, it made me think, what are... What are some of the things that you guys do to personalize your firearms? Are there certain things that you have to have done to uh, to your gun to make it yours? Or are you more traditional and you just don't, you know, you just buy the handgun and you don't worry about putting fancy sights on or stippling the grip or whatever? And and honestly, I, I do both. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I've posted pictures of... Uh, I have a few Glocks, right? I just have a few. Let's put it that way. Some of them I like to stipple. I've stippled a lot of my own guns, and I've worked, uh, you know, the range counter at times. I've I've uh, utilized the uh, the gunsmiths offices and and stippled, you know, dudes' guns from the store or whatever. <clears throat> I've tricked out a few Glocks in my day. I like to stipple. I like the way the stipple feels as long as it's done correctly. Um. And it's just something I've used to do to personalize my gun. The last few Glocks I've purchased, I've left alone. So I don't know. I wonder if it's, um, I don't know. If you can hear the TV upstairs, I don't know if you can hear it or not. My daughters are watching some stupid show. And so they're watching it way too loud. And I can hear it through my headphones. I don't know if you guys can hear it. So if you can, I apologize. Anyway, I, I wonder if it's an, an environmental thing as far as, like me stippling my my Glocks back in the day, or is it uh, is it a fad that we go through? So again, that made me wonder. Like, what do you guys do if you're purchasing um, a Smith and Wesson Sport Two, right, a little AR? You pick that up. What are some of the things that you have to do to that rifle to make it uh, to make it feel like yours and not just a generic gun? When you purchase a handgun, do you have to put new sights on it? Do you have to do the trigger? Do you have to have the slide seracoded? Like, what are things that you have to do to make that gun yours? Uh, the other thing is, I was watching Travis spray paint this, you know, three thousand dollar rifle. Uh, you know, he's he just taped off certain things. He had some pretty nice laser on there, a, a very nice optic, um, and he just taped off the things he needed covered. And spray paint right over it. Does that bother you? Does that make you worried to, uh, you know, you, you buy a, 
a Trijicon, you, you're buying an ACOG, you tape off the lenses and you spray paint over it. Does that make you uncomfortable? Or are you like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. That's cool. I'm just interested to know, like, what, uh, what do you have to do to make that gun yours? Now, I understand, you know, certain grips or, or maybe you want to change the foregrip on your, on your AR or whatever. That's totally cool. I totally get it because that's a mod that everybody does. But is there something you do have to do above and beyond the norm? So that made me think, is there something I would do if I was to buy... Man, I guess it kind of depends on the gun too. If I was to buy something modern, let's say let's say I wanted to build a polymer 80. I would probably buy a, a cut slide that's already got some some weight reduction done on it and an optic cut already there so I could throw an optic on top of it. But I may, because I like to stipple, I like to create patterns on the grips there, I may molest that polymer and get it to be something a little bit different than anybody else's. Because, because I like to do that. Um, but if it was like one of my dream guns, like a, like a P7, no, I am not going to molest that gun. It has to be OG original uh, because that would be terrible. Of course, uh, I'm a poor, so I'll probably never be able to afford a P7. Um, if you guys know, that's just the squeeze cocker Glock, or I mean, uh, HK. Beautiful gun. They shoot so nice. Um, anyway, I digress. I digress. <clears throat> but let's, let's jump into something that I was wanting or I decided to kind of change and talk about a little bit more. Um, Gaston Glock. If if you've been paying attention to the news, if you're if you're a gun person, <clears throat> you've probably noticed that there's been uh, um, memorial Instagram posts and Facebook posts or what have you all over the place uh, about Ga- Gaston Glock. And uh, old Mister Glock, he he was a genius. Like that man uh, has done a lot for the firearms industry. And I decided to just, I wanted to learn a little bit more, at least about the Glock handgun and what it was like to get that gun to market. Um, if you If you know anything about the history of Glock, now I know I'm not a Glock historian, so I mean, I have a lot to learn about about the Glock firearm. Uh, but if you knew anything about where Glock started, it was all about polymers and injection molding plastics. That's That was their jam. Um, all of their patents up to patent number 17, they were all just, um, you know, like knives. And I think they had like window blinds and kitchen utensils, like, uh, all sorts of different things not related uh, to the firearms industry. And it's uh, it was quite a journey for him to bring the gun, the, the Glock firearm family, to the world. It, uh, hold on. I, got, I can't do two things. I'm telling my kids to turn the TV down. Uh, it's going to be nice. One day I'm going to get my my podcasting room completely done and I won't have to worry about the noise upstairs because 
it'll be quiet down here. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, so Glock, right? In uh, in the 80s, um, 1982, the, Austri- the Austrian uh, military decided, hey, we have got to update our handgun supply. They were using like Lugers from World War II. Like it was totally time to update what they had. And uh, <clears throat> Glock, he was making knives and trenching equipment for the for the Australian military already. And when he got wind of the uh, the firearms trials that were coming up, he's like, "Hey, how do I get into that? Like, I I, I want to submit a firearm and have it tested. Is it too late?" And they're like, "Sure, dude, you you got it." Uh, but you only have you know a few weeks to make this uh, to make a a functioning firearm to be tested, and and you're going to be going up against HK. You're going to be going up against Steyr, um, and I think there was a couple other ones that they were putting up against that uh, in the in the testing phase. So Gaston, because he was a you know somebody with some foresight, somebody with some ambition, somebody that understood business. He's like, hell yeah, I am going to, uh, I'm going to submit a gun. And it's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. Of course, he'd never built a handgun before. I imagine he had some ideas. Uh, I imagine he probably bought a lot of guns uh, and tested a lot of things and, and made notes of what people liked and didn't like about you know certain guns that were available to the citizens at the time. Uh so anyway, Mr. Gaston, this makes me want to think, isn't Gaston, isn't he the the douchey guy off of uh, Beauty and the Beast? Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that. Anyways, so uh, Mr. Mr. Glock, in those few weeks that he had to create this firearm, he did that. He created a mold, he injection molded the frame, he embedded a, a metal rail system, so the the slide, the reciprocating part of the gun, had some metal components to to wear against instead of the polymer. Uh, ingenious, right? He he created something that had never ever been done before. All other guns at the time, they were metal frames. So you got to think about all the machinery and things it took to actually mill out the components and then be hand fit by by gunsmiths. To make each one of those guns work, he just bypassed that whole thing by creating standardized components uh, in a machine shop or in his in his injection molding shop that were perfect, perfect enough to work with any component. Genius, right? I'm telling you, the guy had an amazing amount of foresight. So he he used these his polymer knowledge, his plastics knowledge to created a different kind of polymer that could withstand heats a little bit differently and a little bit more stress. And, uh, and he, he creates this frame. Totally amazing. So, um, I guess it was, I'm just looking this up here, making sure I don't skip anything. I should have been probably reading my notes a little bit more. So 1980 is when the, the Austrian armed forces say, Hey, we got to update. So, some of the criteria that they had was it had to be able to have a magazine that was easily to load the magazine itself, easy to load. Um, it had to be semi-automatic. It had to shoot nine by 19 parabellum, standard NATO nine mil. 
it had to be safe from any kind of accidental just discharge from a shock that they had a, a drop test, which it seems like most firearms manufacturers still do this drop test from about six or seven feet. They drop a, a gun, a loaded gun down <clears throat> onto a plate to make sure that it won't accidentally fire. Uh, maybe SIG should have paid attention to that. So had to be able to, to, to shoot nine millimeter, had to be self-loading, semi-automatic. The magazines had to be easy to load, had to be able to uh, pass the drop test, and it had to shoot 15,000 rounds without any kind of issues. Um, and then after that 15,000 rounds, they were going to check the um, check the firearm, I guess. And one of the other things was it had to be able to, they would do an overpressure test. So the gun had to be able to, to stand, stand, handle, boy, I cannot read had to be able to handle higher pressures than what was normal. So Glock met all those criteria. Like he knew what he needed to do and he passed that criteria. Um, in once, you know, it passed that test with flying colors. The Austrian military said, yeah, uh, we, we want that. We want that in our lives right now. So Glock had several samples made. He created a patent and, you know, he, uh, he submitted it for the testing and it went under the P80, which I didn't know that until, you know, learning a little bit more about that tonight. I thought the P80 was just the polymer 80 name. No, that's, that's like going back to the OG. Remembering the, the father of the Glock, right? The P80 was the, was the firearm submitted and it, it passed with flying colors. Like it was, uh, it was an immediate success. Um, so Austria decided, Hey, we want this gun. And right off the bat, the initial order was 25,000 handguns. And, uh, yeah, they're like, yep, let's, let's do it. And, and Glock did it. Now, and I'm telling you, he had to go against some well-established firearms manufacturers you had HK, you had SIG, um, you had, like I said, Steyr, you had Beretta, you had um, FN, had the, the a variant of the high power. So there were very established, very uh, um, big boy players. I don't know how they're ready to put it. Like these were big manufacturers and up and comes this little plastics guy that says, yep, I can do better. And it was amazing. The gun was absolutely amazing. So <clears throat> once the Austrian government got a hold of it, they passed it around. Uh, and and it, it, like I say, it went crazy. The U.S. Department of Defense found out a little about it and they wanted to know more about it. Um, so they brought it in for some testing themselves in, in 1985. Uh, let's see. So... Before, I guess, before the United States adopted it, it went to Sweden, adopted it. And then uh, the British Armed Forces decided, hey, we want to trade in our high powers for the, the, the Glock 17. And because they hated the Storm, which was a shitty gun anyways, the Beretta Storm. And then the French adopted it and it just kind of snowballed. And then finally, the United States is like, OK, we, we need to do this. We need to jump on board. And they did. Now think about just the overwhelming odds of Glock to create something. Uh, a plastics guy. 
saying, hell yeah, I'm going to compete with these big boys and I will do it better. And and he absolutely did. You got to understand, like, I, I know I'm putting a lot of uh, praise to Gaston Glock. Now, is he the greatest firearms inventor ever to, to walk the earth? No, no, he's not. I mean, when you compare him to, to John Moses Browning, who uh, who truly was a genius when it came to uh, firearms manufacturing and firearms design, um, like it, it, there's no comparison. But I'm willing to say that Glock made more uh, made more waves, and maybe because it's modern history to us and, and we're more closely related to it now, but I would say he's he made more waves in the firearms industry than Browning ever did. And I know that's a big, bold statement to say, because I mean, we go from the high power to the 1911, the 1919 Mod Deuce, the uh, Browning A5, like all these inventions that were amazing, right? Browning has so many firearms uh, designs and patents that it, you can't really compare. But Glock was different. He did something different than uh, than what anybody else was doing. And that's why I say I think he's made more waves than anything else. Honestly, I, you know, I posted when I found out that, uh, that Mr. Glock had passed away, uh, I think he's saved more lives than what we can ever count, what we'll ever know about it. Uh, because th that is the most commonly used, the Glock 17 is the most commonly used service handgun across the world. I mean, there, uh, there are so many countries that have adopted and, and utilize the G17. That, like, it is astounding the number of guns that are out there. I'm honestly shocked that the United States military didn't accept the Glock, the uh, the what well, the 19X, but it wasn't the 19X. I can't remember uh, the XM17. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do that. In my opinion, it's a way better gun than uh, than the Sig is. And I know you guys, there's a lot of lot of diehard Sig fans out there. I get it. Sig does make a good gun. Uh, but I'm shocked that Glock, he must have said something to piss somebody off because I think it's a far superior gun. Of course, I'm a fanboy, so take that as you will. But, uh, I mean, they've made so many different handgun sizes and calibers and frame sizes and slims and, you know, large frame Glocks, different textures. The RTF, which which has got a different texture than... Then the Pebble, you know, the Gen 1s, and then the Gen 2s, and so forth. They all kind of change their textures and, and finger gridges. And, but all this, you know, since the 80s, the Glock handgun has changed very, very little. And I know that's a lot of, uh, a lot of pissing point for some of you guys out there that say, well, Glock doesn't innovate. Glock never does anything different. They have done some things different, just not in the United States. Now, I'm still waiting to see their carbine, which just looked like an AR with a with a Glock stamp on the side of it. I'm waiting to see that. But they've, they've come up with some other things that were uh, patented in Europe, but we don't get in the United States. So is there innovation with the Glock Corporation? Yes, a little bit, but not enough, honestly. Um, 
But like if you jump on and do a little bit of research, you'll see how many countries use Glock firearms. Like it is, it is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I personally love Glocks. I, I am a, I'm a fanboy. Um, it's the unofficial official gun of the range minded podcast. Officially unofficial, I guess is probably the better way to put it. I, I love them. It's like the Honda Civic of firearms. I know what I get when I buy one. I know what I get when I pick one up and put it in my hand. I understand the grip angle. I know the sight picture. I know the trigger's not amazing, but I know what I get when I buy a Glock. I know what I get every time I pick one up. And, and maybe that's a downside. I don't know. But you cannot deny, because Glock came out with, with the polymer frame, a polymer-injected uh, and molded frame, and since then, look at all the other companies that have jumped on board. Pretty much every, every other major manufacturer... Oh, excuse me, I was up really late last night, and it's uh, not really early tonight either. Anyway, pretty much every other major firearms manufacturer now makes an injected molded polymer frame handgun. Not to mention that uh, since the patent re- expired on the Gen 3, look at all the, uh, all the uh, clones, I guess you will. Look at all the clones that exist for Glock. They're everywhere. And they're all cross compatible, as far as I know. He's he's done an amazing thing, and and it's truly sad to see him leave. But, but, um, what if what if Glock now? Here's here's a little plot twist. What if Glock, Glock Company, Glock Inc does what Ruger did when old man Ruger died. Now think about this. Now if you're as old as I am, you'll remember Ruger didn't do a lot of amazing things for years. Yeah, we had the 1022, uh we had other little handguns that were there. Um we just knew what we were getting. Or what we expected to walk into a gun store, anything under Ruger, we just kind of knew what it was going to be. Until old man Ruger passed away. And then we started seeing some design innovation. Some modernization to their, uh, their firearms catalog. Now this is just speculation. I have no way to... Uh, to guarantee this is just my personal opinion, or at least my hope, is maybe now that old man Glock, who I imagine had a lot of um, personal pride and integrity on what he did, as far as inventing the most iconic handgun in the world, arguably, at least the most used, maybe he didn't want to change it because he really lived up to the motto of perfection. But now there's going to be some younger blood running the roost there. And maybe, just maybe, we're going to see some innovation from Glock. Maybe we'll finally see that that rolling, uh, 
rotating barrel locking system that they patented in Germany. Maybe we'll finally see some carving designs that I bet you exist. But those designers were too scared or forced to never disclose those designs. What if? Could be really exciting. So though we lost somebody that was a huge part in maintaining freedom and safety throughout the world, maybe the next chapter is going to be something amazing. I hope so. I hope so. Make sure you like, review, and share. Now back to the Range Minded Podcast. All right, welcome back. So we talked about Glock. We talked about the end of the year a little bit. <clears throat> we talked about how great Christmas was. Let's talk about 2024. So I've done several <laughs> New Year's resolution uh, episodes now. It's uh, what do we? Uh, I've done a few, <laughs> and I'm not going to recycle and recite the same old resolutions as I do every year just to be disappointed with myself. So, that being said, <laughs> maybe you've noticed there's some subtle changes here and there that are happening with the podcast. So I've updated the uh, the artwork for the show, brought it up new. I was honestly, I was, <laughs> I was gonna wait till the new year, but I was just so damn excited about it. I just wanted to get the change. I wanted to make the change happen. Um, because we've talked about this over and over again, right? And and you probably were just sick of me saying, well, soon this is going to happen. And at Snell's pace, it's finally happening. So I'm hoping and praying and I'm dedicating more time uh, that I have in a while at least back into the show because I want this show to be more than it is. So it started with the artwork. Like I said, we, we've changed the logo of the show. Uh, I'm in communications with uh, with some folks for um, for patches. Like that is happening. Um, actually, I was hoping it was going to happen before the end of the year, but that's not. It's it's uh, it's just not going to happen before the end of the year. Um, but uh, it it will be looking the way it is. It it it'll be at least Q1. Um, happening. Uh, we, we've got our, our website up and running. Again, I was like going to unroll all that stuff at the beginning of the year, but I was just, I was just too excited. I just wanted to get it going. Uh, there's some other things I've set up, uh, you know, been working hard on, on Twitter and on Instagram, like trying to get out there and network more. I've made some really good connections on social media. Uh, I set up a Patreon account. I'm not begging for money, by the way. If you want to donate, that's totally cool. I'm not begging for your money. But what I'm thinking about with Patreon, um, if you guys like patches, like I am a patch freak. I love PVC patches. Um, I think what I might do is, uh, is and, and tell me if you guys like this or not. I, I really want to hear your input. I'm really thinking about with the Patreon side having uh, either certain patches available only for Patreon members 
or maybe like an, an early release uh, once a month of, of patches throughout the year. I kind of like the idea of uh, the patch of the month type thing. So maybe uh, Patreon members will get uh, either access to only Patreon patches or, or like I said, early access to, to the patches for the month. Um, soon I'm going to be talking to, once I get uh, some of this other stuff finalized, um, with the with some other artwork and some other things that are going on there, I'm going to be talking about uh, getting t-shirts finally done. I mean, it's what it's only been three four years now that we've talked about t-shirts. Uh, it's time. It's time to make things happen. So 2024 is going to be that time. Uh, the other thing we've talked about before, and I really really want to do, and uh, my schedule's kind of changed. I've I've had some things change in my personal life that allow me a little bit more freedom and more time, uh, which is, it's good. Um, some of the stuff I was doing before, it was very rewarding and, uh, absolutely worth it. And, and I did some volunteering type stuff that just, it took a lot of time and dedication out of, uh, away from things, away from hobby stuff to, to more service type stuff. So that that's changed. I don't, I'm not, involved in that commitment anymore. So I have a little bit more time to dedicate. So I really, really want to do, we, we talked about, uh, visiting, doing like a road trip and visiting ranges around Idaho and maybe in the West. <clears throat> I really, really want to do that. Um, and that's where that Patreon money would be going towards, uh, to, to help do with that kind of stuff. Um, at some point I'm going to have to update this podcasting equipment. I'm not going to lie some of the stuff. And like I said, when I bump my mic, the wires go crazy. And I don't, I don't know if you hear it on your end, but it is extremely painful on my end because I get feedback through the headphones and it's, it's awful. So I'm going to have to do some updating there. That's where that Patreon money is going to go to. I just got to figure out how to make that Patreon exciting for you guys to, to, to give you some value there. So if you guys have some ideas, if you have some suggestions for the Patreon side, I'm all ears. The nice thing is, is if you go to the website, there's a way we can communicate from the website. Um, if you go to our, uh, I, my, my Instagram. So I set up a link tree last night. So it was like two in the morning when I was doing it. So I probably couldn't figure out what I was screwing up. Um, but if you go to the link tree, which ended up being on my personal Instagram, because I could not change it to the podcasting Instagram. Um, actually, no, I think it is on, let me look. You know, I have my phone right here. I'm pretty sure if you go to the Instagram, it was it was Facebook that I couldn't do. Uh, let's see. Instagram, Range Minded Podcast. Why don't you look at that? Uh, okay, yeah. So if you go to the Range Minded Podcast Instagram, there's, there's a link tree there that takes you to the website and some other places you can find the podcast. Um, and from the, po- from the, the podcast website, we can communicate and, and you can offer suggestions and there's links to the other social media stuff there too. I'm excited to make this stuff happen. I'm I'm rededicating my time uh, back to you guys because I am passionate about the Second Amendment. I lo- I love teaching it. I love learning it. Uh, I just love our freedoms that we have. I truly believe they are given to us by God, and and it's up to us to be responsible and respectful to those uh, to those blessings. And we need to learn then and understand them so we can teach them to the next generation because uh, they're the ones that I think are really going to have to 
to have to put a lot more effort in maintaining freedom, if that makes any sense. Anyway, uh, so that's one thing that I want to do in in 2024. Uh, as as like normal, I just said this wasn't going to be like a <laughs> like a resolution podcast, but I guess it's going to be. Uh, I I have a personal goal. So you've probably heard the the name Riley Bowman. I, I, he has no idea I'm going to be talking about him in this show. By the way, don't tell him. Uh, I have I have a few different uh, connections to Riley Bowman. Now I'm not going to make any promises saying he's going to be on the show. I'm going to interview him. No, I want to take a class from Riley Bowman. Uh, that's going to be a pretty high priority for me. Um. And when I take the class, I'm going to do my best to bring you guys along for some of that, whether it be an interview with him or uh, just stuff, you know, photos and stuff of me being on the range and and taking the class or whatever. Uh, I want you guys to be more involved in in some of my journey. You know, I I sit in here and I preach about your guys' journey on the Second Amendment, but but I got to work on my journey too. Because we're never done, right? We're always having to to learn and grow, and uh, and progress in a way to where our knowledge is increasing. Once we stop, once we become stagnant, we we lose. We we start losing knowledge. We start losing passion. We start to, we start becoming passive, and we can't be passive anymore. We have to be really retroactive. Okay. That's one thing I really, really, really want to do. Don't tell Riley that I said that yet. Cause I, I don't know. He'll probably sue me or something. Um, I hope not. I hear he's pretty cool. The other thing I really need to maintain and, and maybe encourage a little bit more is, is membership in, uh, in firearms groups that are really fighting for our rights. It is no secret how I feel about the NRA. Yes, I am a life member. Uh, yes, I teach some of that curriculum every now and then. Not very often. Uh, but in my opinion, the NRA has lost its way. That rhymed. Uh, they have spent way too much time becoming a bureaucracy and I think they've kind of lost their ability to leverage. I don't know if leverage is the right word. To fight for our rights. But it's not all lost. I think we have other organizations out there that are really, really working hard for you and me. You got uh, Gun Owners of America and Firearms Policy Coalition, the Second Amendment Foundation. You got these these corporations and and you know local state uh, state groups as well. So like in Idaho, we have uh, the oh my gosh, it's late. Uh, Second Amendment, Idaho Second Amendment Alliance, um, and other like there's local groups as well. I would encourage you to look at your membership status, um, or become a member of any of those groups. Maybe all of them, if you can afford to. I totally, totally understand that. But that money's tight right now. I get, I get it beyond all belief. 
But those organizations have a voice and have the ear of people in Congress that us normal people don't have. But they can't fight for what what they believe in, what we believe in, without, unfortunately, without any kind of donation. So maybe check those membership statuses. That's something I got to do a little bit better. In fact, I just got a renewal today um, for one of those groups. I got to I gotta jump on and, and take care of. But it's important. It's important for us to, to work towards the win. Now, we've talked a lot about court cases and Supreme Court stuff and, and state-level stuff. Some of sometimes at nauseum, we've revisited things like my Serper versus Bruin and the Heller case and that kind of stuff. I, I I know we've talked a lot about it, but the reason is is I I feel like you guys need to understand it more. And and it's probably so boring. Like I I'm so sorry. <laughs> I get kind of nerdy about it and geek out about it. It's because I'm passionate about it, though. I want you guys to understand it. It's important for us to see where we've been. Because it gives us, uh, what's the word when they graph out like a vector? Is that the word? <laughs> it gives us a direction, a bearing of where we need to go. Those wins we've had in the past give us the momentum and the direction of where we need to go. A vector, right? I think that's right. I was homeschooled. <laughs> Who knows if it's right. But we need to understand that. We need to know that. We need to know that we still have a lot of winning to do. We've seen a lot of ups and downs the last little bit. Some of those district courts. I mean, there's wins and losses. Magazine bans, AR AR bans in Illinois and Cal... Like, ups and downs, right? Wins, losses, wins, losses. And sometimes all we hear about is our losses. Remember, those are just fights. Those are battles. We can't give up on the war just because we've lost a fight. We need to stay focused. We need to stay diligent. And we need to get rid of our apathy. And again, that comes straight up to where, straight down to to city elections, school board elections. Right? There's... (laughs) We got a lot of work to do. Don't lose focus. Hopefully you can refocus your efforts and and your love for our freedom in 2024. It, it could be a momentous, momentous, monumental, probably monumental. It's late. It'd be a monumental year next year. We, we could see a lot of things happen. We've seen ATF get their hands slapped a lot lately. I don't I don't put 100% of my trust in the Supreme Court because they're just people. But our voice matters. Our votes matter. No matter how you vote in the the next upcoming presidential election, I know we've seen a lot of uh a lot of crazy in my opinion bad things happen with the upcoming election as far as kicking uh, candidates off of the ballot, in my opinion, illegally. Whether you like Trump or not, I know he's not a pro-gun president, 
no matter who the candidate was, if it was opposite and they were kicking Biden off of the ballot, I mean, that that's still a problem. We have to maintain our diligence, our vigilance to maintain our freedom. So don't let that slide. Refocus those efforts. I want you guys to sit down and I want you guys to, to think of one class as far as 2A is concerned, one firearms class that you want to take in 2024. And then I want you to pick a date within those first six months. Strive to take a class before July 4th. How about that? That gives you seven months. I told you, I'm, I'm going to pick a Bowman class. I really want to take a Pistol IQ class because I have heard nothing but good things about Riley Bowman. And this is not a show about Riley Bowman. I have never met the man. We're friends, friends on Facebook <laughs> for what that's worth. But that's a class I want to take because I know if I can take that class, it'll give me the momentum. I want to go to Thunder Ranch. I really want to take one of those classes. I mean, that's a four-day class. It's like a thousand bucks. But I know if I start small, if I take little nibbles, it gives me the momentum to take, uh, to achieve those bigger goals. It's time. It's time, friends. We have got to get off our duffs. You can do the generic, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to buy two pairs of the Jordans, whatever. I don't care about those goals. Those are your personal goals. Don't set goals, and I'm talking to myself, trust me. I set goals. Okay, I'm just kidding. I don't very, set very many goals. But when I do set goals, I usually set them too low. It's time for us to reach a little bit higher. It's time for us to actually, instead of just hearing me say the old moniker, take somebody shooting, Take somebody shooting next year. If you have the means, get a range membership. Support local businesses. If you uh, if you hear this podcast, give a rating. So, so uh, whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, they know that there's people that still give a damn about 2A about our firearms rights, about our freedom altogether. If you listen to other shows like uh, Gun Talk, let the local radio station know that you appreciate them playing that. We need to be friends. Uh, you know, working the gun counter back in the day, I'd hear nothing but bitching and moaning about, oh, so-and-so gun shop down the road. We hate those guys. They're our competition. We need to ditch that mentality because we are all on the same team. We might be playing in different positions in different stores or on different platforms or on different YouTube channels or on different podcasts. We all play for the same damn team. And it's time for us to act like it.
we need to reach out and support each other. Firearms owners. We need to reach out and support each other because we absolutely need each other. Even if you don't like uh, give me a rating or whatever, at least at least do that with somebody's podcast. We need each other. And I have a feeling that 2024 is going to bring some drastic, drastic changes. If you remember way back in the way time, far back machine, when I, I and I've talked about this more than once, when, uh, when, when Mark and Ricky and I were talking, I'm telling you way back in the way back machine, we were talking about the second amendment and they laughed at me for saying that the second amendment is going to be fundamentally different than what we are used to. They said, oh no, that would never happen. I'm telling you, we are going to see some drastic, drastic changes, if not some heavy-handed attacks on our Second Amendment rights that are going to be designed to make us weary. We're going to be so sick and tired of fighting the same battle over and over again. That's the point. That's what they're trying to do is to make us just give up the fight. But united, we will win the fight. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't want to see violence. I don't want to see a civil war. I really don't. I think that would be counterproductive. Am I scared? To have to fight in a civil war, maybe a little bit, but if I have to, I will. But I don't want to see it. If we can become united now before the problem gets to that point, we may have a chance. Support your local gun dealers. Support your local content creators. Like, share, comment, whatever. You guys hear that nonstop. If you watch YouTube, if you listen to other podcasts, you hear those words over and over again. Do it. We need each other. And it's time that we stand up for each other before we stand alone. I think, you know, it's easy to say, oh, there's all this bad stuff coming. And there might be. But there's also going to be huge opportunity. Huge opportunities to grow and to learn together as a community. And that's why we need each other. So we can take advantage of those opportunities. Do you know one of the fastest growing high school sports? Do you know what it is? Skeet shooting. High school skeet shooting. That's fantastic. We we need to be supporting those kids. You know, the left, the hard left, they demonize the gun anytime they have a chance. And they browbeat our kids into seeing how evil and dangerous and, and how much death guns cause. Because they want the next generation to 
to have this innate fear and hatred of the gun, an object that does nothing without the user. The left wants to take all responsibility out of the equation because they don't want us to have the ability to stand up and say no. They want us to stand in a line and do as we're told. America was not built on that mentality. You and I both know that America was built on the hell you're going to make me do that. We're free. And that's how we need to be. We need to have the mentality of a free people. Because that's the American tradition. Freedom. And we cannot be free without that initial Bill of Rights. Those ten rights that were granted by God, not by government, at our founding. They're there for a reason. And we cannot let any power take those away from us. We need each other. And that's my monologue. <laughs> Friends, as normal, I appreciate your time with the podcast. I, I love you guys. I know that sounds so cliche, but I do. I love every one of you guys that takes the time to listen. Uh, you're appreciated. You're awesome. It's not hyperbolic when I say I need you to take somebody shooting. I'm sincere about that. I'm I'm dead set honest. And next year, 2024, we have a huge opportunity to make that happen. I, I hope you guys take that commitment, take that challenge. I should say, will you take somebody shooting once a month next year? Will you do it? I hope so. If you like the show, <laughs> here's the shameless plug. If you like the show, like, comment, share it with your friends. We need to grow the community. We need to be strong together. We need each other. You can find us on our website, rangemindedpodcast.com, if I can say it. Uh, there, there's all the links to the social medias and stuff. Again, there's a place for you to comment uh, directly to me. And, uh, and we can grow together. Be safe. Know your rights. Take somebody shooting. God bless you. Range is hot.